What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Near and Far podcast. Today it is me and Ryan to start out with. Chad's going to join us a little bit later on. We are recording this on Thursday, November the 16th. We just got beat down by Oklahoma. We are getting ready to play. Uh, who are we getting ready to play? Cincinnati. Cincinnati. The, the, the rivalry game in the Big, in the big 12. According to Neil Brown. Yeah, this is, our, soon, this is our new rival. Soon to be rivalry? Question yes, mark. Yes, they, yeah. they hope they're 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 marketing that one for us. Dude, we're uh, trying so, anything we can yeah. to find a rivalry. Yeah, fit in in the Big Twelve. You know, yeah. Um, that's interesting. At first, when we first got to the Big Twelve, I was like, and of course, everybody wants Texas to be their rival. I'm not saying yeah. that we were Texas's rival, but those were the funnest games we had. I feel like where. Like the first few years we were in the Big 12, we always played Texas close. We upset them a few years. It really felt like we were going back and forth with them. Uh, I, I enjoyed I enjoy, I enjoy playing Texas. I wish we I were going to continue doing most, it. Most balanced kind of slate, right? As far, mm. I mean, yeah, there were a couple, you know, the beatdowns, but really it was usually tight, close games. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to miss them, I think. Not Oklahoma so much. <laughs> so today we, we, we went official. We put together an agenda. We and and the reason for that is because if you if you watched the last episode, Chad and I both talked about you know after the Oklahoma game, you're starting to feel like maybe Neil Brown's not the guy, uh, <laughs> and uh, and I think we just kind of want to lay it out today because there's a lot going on. There's Neil Brown and the possibility of him going eight and four, yet us not being happy with that, which is crazy to think about. If you would told me at the beginning of the year we're going eight and four this year. No way I'm saying that Neil Brown should lose his job, but like I might make that case today. So we're going to make the case for and against Neil Brown. We're also going to make the case for and against Jimbo Fisher. Uh, he was let go from Texas A&M. We're going to talk about that and whether we would want to see him here, what the pros and cons there would be. Just that crazy situation as a whole. Ryan's down in Texas, so he can uh, speak on that a little bit. Uh, and then we're also going to talk about who we would want to see as our candidate. If we fall into the Neil Brown should be gone camp, who would we pick to select us? So uh, let's jump into it here, Ryan. What, I guess, make the, make the case for and against Neil Brown. Tell me, tell me where, where, where you're going to go there. Uh, so let's please, see how you open up. Please don't. Do I, do I need to do both? <laughs> well, no, you, you don't have to. You don't uh, have to. No, well, you know, I probably could do both. And I will say, I do not envy the position that Ren Baker is in right now. That's for sure, because I, I think there was a lot of hope, I think, at the beginning of the year, probably for everybody, right, to come in and say, one way or another, at the end of this season, we should feel comfortable either cutting ties, you know, and, and moving on, or Neil solidifying his position as a head coach. And we're, you know, six and four, 10 games in, two games left on the schedule. And I honestly couldn't tell you. I probably feel the same as I do before the season somewhat. I mean, it's it's such a, a mixed bag. It, case four is this. If we win two games, and that's a big if, right, remaining on the schedule, it's, it's challenging optically to cut a guy loose that went eight and four. I mean, potentially nine and four. And I think arguably if they go, he goes nine and four, depending on who your opponent is in a bowl game, maybe that, you know, can kind of help shift the balance a little bit. But, man, talking with you guys last week and saying, you know, I'm kind of content and we'll see how these next three games unfold. I don't think anybody 
certainly anticipated the just utter beatdown that Oklahoma placed on us. So, man, it's hard for me to argue for him because it to me it's just looking statistically, and some of the stuff was shocking to me. I'm sure it's the same for you, Dylan, if you looked at it. Kind of under Brown's tenure, never having been ranked, not a single yeah. week in the top 25, you know, during his stretch is is mind-boggling for a program that's had the level of success we've had and not to act like we're, you know, a blue blood and a kind of perennial top 10. But, I mean, we're pretty well accustomed to, to having a presence in the top 25, you know, yeah. at a minimum. Yeah. To not have been ranked a single week during his entire tenure is is just insane, really. So I think we can just end the podcast right now because there's not a single stat that can overcome that. There's not a single pro for Neil Brown, in my opinion, that can overcome never been ranked since he's been here. And that's, that's five years. Yeah, it's, it's pretty tough to swallow. And I mean, I think that's the biggest thing for me is it's, it's incredibly challenging for me to try to argue for another year because it's, it's, it's a broken record, right? I mean, all the things that I would probably argue for another year are not really a factor of him as a head coach. It's more about what happens when you, you have a, a coaching turnover, right? In a transition. So like, obviously attrition, you know, you're starting from scratch again, potentially, especially with transfer portal now and NIL, nobody wants to go through that. But at the same time, I feel like those are the reasons we, we probably went into this year to some degree. And we were late in the game, you know, trying to make a decision on that with Baker coming in last year. But I mean, how long you can play that every year, right? You just keep kicking the can down the road. I mean, at some point you got to rip the bandaid off and I just embarrassment, right? That's what that game was just an embarrassment. And it really was. And I mean, you you could argue it's an aberration. I mean, maybe it was, but to not even be competitive and to look completely out of sorts on both sides of the ball. And just not even really it, it, the crazy thing about that game. And I know you and Chad may have talked about this, but to get the ball and go down and score a touchdown, you know, it's, I, okay. They showed up like we're ready to go. And then just a complete collapse from yes. that point forward. Um, it's just and unbelievable. I want to see what you think about this. Cause you know, I don't want to talk about Oklahoma that much, but uh, the defense has gotten a bad rap all year. And, to be clear, the defense played bad against Oklahoma. They, we didn't stop them. <laughs> they punted three times. They've scored 59 points, okay? But when they muffed that punt, punt and then we go three and out, that was our opportunity for our offense to apply pressure to them. And in my opinion, every time that our offense has the uh, uh, opportunity to apply pressure to the other team, like to put them in a position where they're going to have to score on every possession or to – to really come to the aid of our defense, it never really does in the big matchups that we've had this year. Um, because, you know, you can, again, you can look at that and say our offense gave up, you know, how many points in the first half. But, like, if we score right there and tie the game up, that, again, it just puts pressure on them. And now they're coming, their offense is coming back out on the field and being like, okay, we're in a shootout here, boys. We got to go. Instead of being like, okay, they come back on the field with a seven-point lead. They made a horrible mistake. They didn't pay any consequences for it. We still have a seven-point lead. Let's go and let's score another touchdown. I think that's a completely different mindset. Absolutely. I mean, you know, and it's crazy because I'm thinking. <sighs> so, yeah, I. In I, that scenario, yeah, I, it was almost yeah, like yeah. the football gods, right? Because that was the same scenario, right, that we had 
against I think it's Okie State, right? Where we had the kind of freakish muff punt where guy gets blocked into our guy. It was almost a carbon copy, yeah. like exactly the same. No flag on the play. We get the ball. You think like, okay, football gods are smiling down. Let's go. Like you said, put it in, put some pressure on, flip this game around. And then that just, I mean, it was just, I think we went five consecutive possessions of three and outs. I mean, and I hear you. It's like, it, as bad as the defense is, you, you can't put any good defense in a situation where they're constantly on the field with no break against a pretty potent offense. Um, mm. Just, but yeah. getting back to Neil, it's, it feels like deja vu, man. You know, it's like, it's silly to talk about the whole trust the climb, but it's like, it was silly last year, right? To, to even <laughs> have that moniker, like that moniker will work for you for like years, maybe arguably one through three, but to even utter those words right after that, is just ridiculous and laughable. And then the other thing that has bothered me this season, and I went back and looked at this because I felt like this was the case, is and not saying he's made a ton of excuses, but I just don't feel a need in these games. Particularly, you lost, dude, like, what, 59 to 20? Is that what we were? Yeah, were we, yeah. yeah 59 to 20. To then, in the post game, bring up the kind of four consecutive stops right at the goal line and kind of complain to some degree about feeling like, you know, we got in, they just didn't have the angle, and I can't believe you don't have a camera angle. Like, if you look at all these games that we've lost, he's had something to say about the officiating in every one of the games. And it's like, okay, but you could do that in any game. Like, it's just. I think I'm just over it, man. I'm I'm really ready it, to to move on. That point in itself, it like okay, maybe I'm looking too much into this, but when you bring that up, and I notice the same thing, it makes me. It kind of plays into that. Is Neil Brown? Does he have the it factor? Because what I where I what I see whenever he says stuff like that is that he is externalizing his failures. And in my opinion, like the most dangerous person to be around is like a leader who externalizes their failures and internalizes their success. They think, you know, that that's just like the worst possible person that I that I think you could have leading a football team or in a leadership position possible. And whenever he comes out after being beat 59 to 20 uh and makes excuses like that, that's where my head goes. I agree. That's a that's a very strong point uh, against him. Yeah, um, and it's it's it, like I went I went back to see cuz uh, you know, you could pull up obviously all of his post game to just see what what highlights or what hits were on and in the games that we lost and particularly in games where we were kind of handily beat this is what he said in the last game and i don't even know honestly like unless the presser question right is like what'd you see on that you know goal line stand which okay but i don't think that was the case and if it was no. then but he says I thought we got in on first down, down on the goal line. I thought we got in on second down. And that's not a knock on officiating, but here we are. We're playing a national TV game. We don't have a goal line camera. Not one single goal line shot, whether the ball got over or not, which is amazing to me. I don't think we win the game. No shit, dude. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like he said, <laughs> I don't think we win the game, but it's a hell of a lot more interesting. But I really feel strongly that we got in on first down for sure. Second down, it'd be nice to see like Come on, it, it just what do you what are we talking about? 
Like, what are we talking about at this point? Um, and I think you're right. I just don't think, I think he's a, a really good dude from yep. everything I understand. I think he, he fits into the West Virginia culture. Um, he, he understands the state. He understands the blue collar nature of it. He's done everything he could do to connect with the fans and the people. I think he runs a clean program. I think, you know, all those things, but I, he's just not it. He just does no. not have it. And I don't think that's going to change whether we give him another year or we give him five years. I just don't, I do not see us being and not even elite, but just what we're accustomed to. If he had the it factor, he would, we would be in the top 25, at least some point over the last five years. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm going into my, you know, for and against, uh, you've named a lot of the, this, the against uh, that I'm, that I was planning on talking about. Uh, so we're on the same page there, you know, for four, I, I kind of, you know, I kind of say the same thing too. Like the, the case for Neil Brown is that he's very likely to go eight and four. He loses to Cincinnati, which, by the way, is very possible. I looked up a little bit of their stats. If they don't turn the ball over, they've got, like, if you look at their stats in a vacuum, offensive, defensive, yards per game, stuff like that, they, they, have, a, they have a lot of potential. They're, their problem's been turnovers. If they don't turn the ball over against us, they're very likely to beat us. So that just makes it easy, in my opinion. But it's very likely he's going to go 8-4. and four. And if he does, can we, at West Virginia, are we really in a position to fire a coach that goes eight and four? Probably not. Okay. I, I don't know. I mean, honestly, it's, it's interesting. Cause if you look at Ren Baker, when he came in, right. And the things he said, and granted, he had to say all the right things at the time. Right. But he's been pressed from the point that the decision was made that Neil was going to get at least another year to the beginning of the season to really different points along the way this season, depending on how we played week to week. Anytime, Baker's got in front of a microphone. Obviously, people are very interested in what it what what is that look like, right? Like, what is your analysis? And he said repeatedly that it's not about the number of games won or lost. Now, you can say that, right? But I do truly think that it can't be, right? Because this eight and four, I think, by all accounts, and not saying this is Neil's fault, right? You don't schedules are made plenty of years in advance, right? Nobody anticipated kind of, I think, the dip, at least relative to maybe the other half of teams that we did not get the draw for, right? In this kind of new larger conference where we're getting that split. But it, it's more about the direction of the program. That's what he's been saying, right? As far as the way he's going to analyze it. And is it, you know, on the right trajectory? Is it right on the right course? I don't think you can say anything from this season. I mean, I really, we could go out and, put up 60 against the next two teams yeah playing a bowl game against a decent team and maybe do the same and to me that still doesn't change the trajectory right because right. the trajectory for me is is evaluated based on the penn states the oklahomas those and are the, the oklahoma people, state i would even throw yeah, that one in there yeah for sure well and especially for oklahoma state to then get beat down Right. By UCF in the following that's, week, but that's that's the thing, Ryan. You're 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 saying you're going to judge our program based upon playing Penn State and Oklahoma, two good teams. Don't 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 twist what I'm saying at all. Those are two good teams. Both of those teams have two losses. Like, yeah. It's not like it's not like they're they're not undefeated. Yeah, they're not like, world beaters. They're not right? going to play. It's very likely that neither will play in their conference championship. 
Yeah. Like we're we're not even talking that level of of teams. But that's um, I think that's why I'm like so dead set on the fact that and again I don't know that this will happen. And, and if you had to ask me right now and said, hey, which which way do you lean as far as not what you think should happen, but which way what do you think is gonna happen, right? Like from a assessment standpoint, I I think he'll probably get another year, um, which makes me nauseated. <laughs> oh, I can't imagine it, man. I can't imagine. And, and listen, I'll never root against our boys and, and the team, but like there is, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. If we lost to Cincinnati, I would, I would be miserable for like a day, two days. But once I recovered from that initial shock of losing to Cincinnati, probably the worst team in the big 12, there would be a part of me that would probably be like, Oh, this is over. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah. This is over. Um, because but, there's no but, way. I mean, you, there's just, I don't think anybody, any reasonable fan, if they were honest and were trying to be, you know, somewhat objective and not having maybe a bias one way or another from a Neil's perspective in this tenure, but you can't, nobody can tell me that our program is on a good trajectory. I mean, it's, it's not been. I don't think this this year has moved the needle at all if you've watched the games. I mean, yes, there's been flashes, right? But that's kind of been his whole tenure, right? We've had games yeah. where there's been flashes where and early on you thought, okay, this this is the guy. Like this is the guy that we hired, right? This is why we hired him. Here's the flash. But when you're in year five and you're still getting just flashes, I mean, I think you've got enough of a sample size to to know. Like he's not your guy. He's yeah, definitely this is not who your he guy. Is. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. I, I think I think you're right there. I will say I do feel like we have shown some progress this year, but not like I think this is like what if if he was going to be our guy, this is what we would have seen in like year two, year three, not year five. Yeah. Um. And I mean, this will yeah. be his. This will be his best record, right? I mean, we went up eight for four. sure. Oh yeah, yeah. Not even um, close. But. <laughs> It's I th- here's what I'd say. I think if he ends up getting another year, it has more to do with the external factors than it does with his performance. If that makes well, sense. So I think it's the hey, we're going to lose guys. Uh, how many other you know power five head coaching vacancies are there that are going to need to get filled? That are going to be you know ranked higher above us as a potential destination. You know all those kind of external factors where you go, is it the right time? I mean, to me, it's like, yeah, because we've been doing this now for at least two seasons, if not longer. You're just yeah. you're prolonging the inevitable. In the meantime, less and less people are coming to games. I got to imagine revenues down from just. Oh, a, it's got to be. Uh, yeah. We were t- we were the, the BYU game was a night home game on Saturday um, against BYU, which had a, had a a huge following. There were a lot of BYU people there, and there were fifty thousand people there. So, you know, you, you, if that game's against Cincinnati, well, if that game's against Iowa State, you know, there, there, there's probably 40,000 people there, something like that, 45. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 it has to be down. I think the, the thing working against uh, uh, Neil Brown getting fired is that once Ren Baker does that, he's on the clock. True. So if he if he can like, I would imagine in his situation it would be very easy to be like eight and four. That gets me another year. Where if I fire him next year, completely justified, no worries. And then my guy comes in, and now I'm on the clock. But if I fire a dude who went eight and four, like if we take a huge step back next year, that like that, that's already on. And what Gordon G's contract is through like 2026 or something like that. So yeah. he might be thinking. 
you know, if a new if a new president comes in and I'm two years into a coach that I hired, if he's doing bad, does that you know jeopardize me? I, I just think it's it's going to be much easier for him to keep Neil Brown if he goes eight and four than not. Again, Cincinnati might might make make this a much more interesting decision tomorrow based upon how that game goes or Baylor. I think both of these games are very losable. We'll see how our guys back bounce back. But the other thing I would say against Neil Brown is I you know. Win-loss is one thing, but on the field, I'm not seeing the player development. I don't see where Garrett Green has gotten that much better in the last three years. He has shown, again, like you said earlier, flashes this year, but his touch with the ball, like, like you're not, you're not, you can't tell me that they couldn't recognize when he stepped onto campus three, four years ago that he had problems with his touch on throw. And where, show me where that improvement has gotten. He can still throw the deep ball good enough, but when it comes to the wide uh, running back, uh, easy outs, uh, you know, stuff like that, the easy layup throws, he just doesn't have the touch, and that hasn't improved at all. So that's the other no. thing I would throw out there. It's not just him. You know, the wide receiver room has been a mess since he's been here. Something about whenever Neil Brown stepped on, stepped on campus, our wide receiver play has been inconsistent is the best word you could possibly use to describe it. And yeah. I, I mean, I honestly think I, I think you could make that same statement to some degree about the entire offensive side of the ball. I mean, yeah, yep. and that's the thing is like that's his thing, right? That's his calling card. That's the reason we hired him. He's an offensive-minded coach, and then to have such drop off, and I think too, like we were clearly pretty spoiled for a while between Rich uh, in between Dana who were two, I think, you know, knock them however you want um, from a head coaching or otherwise perspective, but pretty good offensive minds. I mean, there's, yes, there's never, sure. you know, and so it's been such a dramatic drop off. I feel like um, but yeah. that's the biggest thing. I mean, we're not, we had never been the guys, right. That went out and got five stars rarely, if at all ever. And it, even the four stars were rare, right? I mean, we were all about player development. And so you took your three-star guys and you turned them into four or five. You took, you know, the guys that nobody else wanted and you developed the hell out of them. There has been no player development, at least on the offensive side of the ball, I feel like, since his entire... I mean, name somebody for me. And it's going to take you a while, probably. It would me, but just name something you can think of that one he recruited, right, that he brought in, that left as as a star right or is i mean that's the thing defensive side of the ball yeah we've had some guys right like we've had we've had we've had some performers we've had some guys that have went on but offense which used to be our calling card i couldn't name somebody for you maybe yeah. i'm just drastically overlooking someone but i mean i think if you look at all of our production you look at our guys getting taken in the draft you mm-hmm. look at our ticket sales you look at everything everything to me is down and I Trending get that bad. for a few years, right, on the transition. And if I hear one more time, it, it's only it, like that, well, we had a tough job when we took it over. You know, like the cupboard was bare. Come on, man. Really? And also, it's been five years. Like, that's yeah. no longer viable excuse for you. Like, enough. And that's the way I feel when these post games, he's kind of, you know, throwing dirt on a officiating call here or there. It's like, you said, I think he's in his own head. I just don't think he's got 
and maybe it works somewhere else, but I just do not think this is the guy that's going to have any breakthrough here for us. No. I think we're going to continue to just mire in this same awfulness <laughs> until somebody rips the bandaid off. And man, it's yeah. just, I, I, I don't even know. And, and then if he stays, like, what does that mean? Because something's got to change, right? Maybe you don't change at the top, but the, does Jordan Leslie still have a job? You know, I mean, there has well, to be great, that's a great some repercussions. Like he has been to a flaw, fatal to his staff. I mean, loyal, loyal, loyal to his staff, yeah. to to a flaw to him, yeah. right? Because he has practically made very little, if any, changes of his own. I mean, he's had to make changes because of attrition or folks taking jobs elsewhere, but he has stuck by his guys through thick and thin, which is great for his loyalty. But I mean, it is self-inflicted at this point so yeah if, that's, if a great, stays, that's a great point i don't see that there's no, how there's no way in my mind where he can stay and there aren't some dramatic changes to the staff for sure yeah i was jordan leslie's gotta be gone and i don't even know that but you know i didn't realize this until the other day he, he when talking about jordan leslie he, he he always says you know two years ago we had the number one defense in the country in the country jordan leslie didn't forget how to coach <laughs> he says stuff like that but yeah. what i didn't realize is that that was whenever uh adai was the co-defensive coordinator and adai left and went to miami remember he took one of our defensive yeah. linemen with him um and ever since then our defense has been on the wrong it has been going the wrong direction yeah. so you know could be a thousand different things we've had, had bad be. injuries there we, the transfers it's have been, been bad, bad. It, it's been yeah. bad but that's the thing is i think too it's the it goes back to the identity, right? right? And for better or worse, and I'll probably get all kinds of shit from this from people, but Dana had an identity. He knew what we were and who we were. Rich certainly did. And yeah. the, the commonality between both of those guys to some degree is if you look at them on the defensive side of the ball, they knew we were not going to be, you know, an Alabama front, right? With an Alabama back end or an SEC level, we were going to have to go out and recruit guys that were athletes, that were under-recruited, that were three-star, run, some would argue, a very gimmicky defense, but put athletes in positions to make plays. And then, you know, once or twice every four years, you're going to have a really good defense because they're going to be senior-laden, right? And junior, it's experience, and that's going to win out, and that's going to be a good defense. But... We are not, I mean, some of this is just reality, right? Of like who we are as a program and what we can do with people. And I feel like that's not something that Neil seems to quite grasp or understand or just embrace. I mean, to some degree, that's the thing. We embraced it, right? Like we're not going to go get the five star guys, right? We're not going to get the blue chippers. We're going to take these other guys who work hard, play hard. We're going to put them in a position to make plays and, you know, we're, we're going to be a little bit gimmicky on defense, but it works. And I just, I don't feel like we've really had that. Um, and then on offense, which I think uh, used to be our calling card for the longest time, certainly from Rich Forward, it's just awful. Yeah. <laughs> it's the inconsistency. Inconsistent. It's yeah. inconsistent. So I think we both agree, not Neil. We 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 don't we both don't think Neil is the guy. Uh, we we recognize the tough position Rim Baker's in, but Neil's not the guy for us. So if not Neil, who? Okay, 
Is it Jimbo? Yeah, I. So you you and I were texting earlier this week, and you you said, and I think rightly so, right? You have to make that call. And yeah. you're you're 100 right there, right? I mean, it's, this is a guy who has obvious ties to the state. Now, granted, that's an origin story, right? So let's not act like he's had any, you know, ongoing or active ties to the state other than having grown up here, um, which I think still plays a big part. But it's not sure. like we've got plenty of other guys out there in the coaching trees, right, that have more active ties or have been more recently in the fold directly with the program that could be eligible, but nobody with certainly his resume. Um, now, if it was Nick Saban, who was stepping away. <laughs> that's a no brainer. Um, but yeah, I think you have to make the call. I just, it, it's, he has had a really hard time since he had Jameis Winston. He just hasn't had a quarterback. I mean, if you look since he won the national championship with Jameis, he has not been able to keep a quarterback healthy. That is, talented and a lot of that's bad luck but i mean that was you know he was kind of the quarterback whisperer that's his thing he's an offensive guy right and he's just Mm -hmm. not put up that production really since he had Jameis. and dude i mean a and m we'll talk about this in a minute (laughs) i think you're right you have to make the call and if he's interested and it's reasonable i mean that's the other thing that's very interesting about it is the dude's got more money than God now, guaranteed. I mean, he's got the the Bobby Bonilla of, you know, deals now where he's going to get paid guaranteed for the rest of his life, practically. Um, although I've heard that's maybe being negotiated into kind of a lump sum mm. to try to handle some tax-related issues or other things. But still, he's going to be, he's not going to be working for money, right? That's, right. That shouldn't be an issue. Uh, not that it was anyway, but maybe that might become a doable transaction, right? Because otherwise we're not, we don't have the ability to pay that guy, right? Like what his market yeah. is elsewhere. So you're trying what to... He should, what he should do to, to rub it into Texas A&M is work here for a salary of $1 per year <laughs> over the next over the next three years. He's the Donald Trump just, of just coaches. Have, just have the most insane <laughs> assistant uh, coaching cool ever. ever. Yeah. I'm talking like... Yeah. Bill Belichick on defense. Uh, Bill Belichick's our defensive coordinator. Uh, uh, Lincoln Riley is going to be our offensive coordinator. Uh, no, I, you know, I, I think, okay, I do think you have to make that call. I do. I, I personally, the, the best part about hiring Jimbo Fisher is that Neil Brown wouldn't be our coach anymore. That's true. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, 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 that's, that's what, that's what really excites me about it. I don't think personally, I don't. I'm not real excited about. I think there's a lot of downside to Jimbo. Number number one, he doesn't have to worry about money. So there's part of his motivation gone. I, that really concerns me. Now I've thought about this a lot. A lot of these coaches are making so much money though that like at what point, like you're, you're telling me, Nick Saban's not coaching for money anymore either. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. Like so a lot of that motivation is gone for them. But it is. It's a bit weird. Like he has to be thinking like maybe I should just retire. Do you want a coach who's between retirement? And you know, and and coaching more, I, I don't he's know that coach, you really want you know? that. I mean, I think I think he's yeah. going to coach, right? I think he's he is a obviously from that tree too, right? Like a Saban, you know, disciple. But he, I think he's a guy that that's like you said, regardless of the money, that's just what he is and what he wants to do. And so I don't see him like, yeah, maybe he takes a year off, right, or something in between. But I don't see him retiring and being out of the game. 
I think he's going to be right back at it. So why not make a run at it, you know, and see what you could do here. Do you, I mean, do you like, would you like, are you saying like, if he's interested and we can agree to terms, get him in a salary that fits for us, that you think that that should happen? I think you have to, honestly. I mean, I just don't know how you don't because of, I mean, put it this way, put anybody else writes resume up beside his realistically that you think we could get right. Like who, who else out there has that resume that we re- realistically could have a chance at. Cause I think that, really the, the play point. here is the, you know, you're from West Virginia. Every time it's happened, it's been that call. Um, but the interesting part of that, right. Is this is all one-sided in my view, right? This is all West Virginia fans. This is all rumors. It's all speculation. Does anybody actually, you know, has anybody gotten any real read, you know, on Jimbo having any actual desire, like from a heart, strings perspective right like to return to west virginia i mean i just don't think you know uncle johnny uncle johnny has his number and texted him the other day and he said he's interested (laughs) okay so i mean his name is jimbo i mean there's nothing more west virginia than that so okay let me let me lay out a couple different things here first of all he went 45 and 25 at texas a&m in the sec like that makes neil's record look Hey, I mean, uh, I think Neil still won one game under 500 at yeah. West Virginia. So 45-25 is nothing to sneeze at in the SEC West. That's that's for Jimbo. He can clearly still coach. Yeah. Um, he's won a national championship. Like that's that's another thing. Like obviously that he's got to know what he's doing. He won a national championship recently, like not within the last two years, but like in this era of football, I would still say. Yeah. Um. The, but the, here's here's where I start like going away from. Okay, if you, I think it was Chris Anderson that broke his his recruiting classes down and looked at like the percentage of players on the field for Texas A and M that are either four or five star recruits, and they rank up there with the highest in the country. When you look at all the programs in the country and the percentage of the players on the field that are four and five star recruits, Texas A and M is up there in the top like. 5% of programs with the Ohio States, with the Michigans, with the uh, Alabamas. So he's clearly recruited well. But of all those programs that are up there, Texas A&M is basically performing the worst from a wins and losses standpoint. You look at mm-hmm. all those other programs who are in that percentile, they're performing better from a wins and losses. Okay. Now, again, two of those teams that are in that percentile are probably in the SEC West with Alabama and Georgia, right? Those are, those are both SEC. Georgia's not SEC West, is it? But at least, you know, I'm just saying like somebody has got to lose in that division when you're, when you're playing everybody. So that's one thing I would throw at you. But what scares me about that so much is like, if he's recruiting the best players and he still wasn't able to get over that hurdle at Texas A&M, what happens if he comes to West Virginia and can't recruit those players? Does that mean that, like, was the missing piece for him at Texas A&M? Was it something schematic, scheme-wise? Was he, was it, is his offense outdated? Has he not adjusted with the, with the, with the ebb and flow of college football and, and changed his offense or defense enough to be competitive in this day and age? What happens if he gets to West Virginia, doesn't change his offensive scheme or whatever was going on in defense, and can't get those four- and five-star recruits? Yeah, and now we're just stuck with a coach whose scheme is outdated and isn't recruiting, and it's just not. I don't feel like that's going to go well. I feel like what we need and what has worked for us at West Virginia 
is a coach that can come in and has some type of scheme advantage. That was the case with Rich. That was the case with Dana to at least some degree. Um, They both had offenses that would give us an advantage on the field if all other things were even. And then they had that it factor that allowed players to, you know, work hard, play hard for them, you know, and and get us to win games and put us in in a place to win games. So that's my concern with Jumbo. No, I think it's a totally valid point and a legitimate concern. I mean, if you ask me, should we do that, right? Like, or, or would I support him being the head coach? I would prefer not to have him as our head coach because of all the things you've said. Um, he also, you know, it's had some issues off the field with some of his players. Um, you know, there's a lot of people, and granted, there's a lot of finger pointing about this, about, um, you know, it's taken a long time to get Florida State back to being Florida State, which I think this year is, you know, kind of uniformly the first year that's really kind of happened since the pinnacle of, of Jimbo's tenure there. And a lot of that, if you read a lot of the different articles and, and backstories, the finger point is at Jimbo, that it's it's a state in which he left it in. Um, and we'll see what, you know, comes of A&M. I mean, if that's true, you know, t- sometimes it takes somebody to to get the ship right, but sometimes it doesn't work out. Um, and so I'm curious to see what that looks like, but I, I'd rather go a different, you know, different approach, but I, I think at the end of the day, there's just no way if it's reasonable, like if it's actually a chance to do that, right. And he's interested, the money's right. It's not outlandish. And he's coming with that resume. I don't know how you say no, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the problem. It feels a little bit Bob Huggins-ish. Honestly, it does. The difference is that Bob Huggins left Kansas State on his own accord to come here because he wanted to be here, yeah. whereas this would be he got fired. So, if, But it does remind me a little bit of Bob Huggins-ish. A little, yeah. I yeah. mean, I think the thing that would be – that I think is lacking, right, is that all the connections being made – it's it's yes like yes he was born in West Virginia yes he grew up in West Virginia yes he went to college in West Virginia but not WVU right I mean that's right. that's the thing is he's never had really a connection to the program I mean he did play you know for for Terry Bowden um, when he was at Salem so there's that you know kind of loose connection between you know Bobby's son and Terry, the family and kind of that you know West Virginia connection but it's not like he's been ever tied into or plugged into the university or the program. So well, the, the rumor is that he was going to be, he was going to take the job whenever, um, God, God, why, well, how can I not think of his name? Bill Stewart. Um, Bill Stewart got hired. Yes. That, that, yeah. that until they offered Bill Stewart, the job after the Fiesta bowl, that Jimbo was going to come here and be the next head coach. Yeah. Who knows? Right. I yeah. mean, in all honesty, I, I, I would find that insanely hard to believe. Um, he was already the head coach and waiting at Florida State. He correct? was. They, they yeah. had already given him that title. I believe, I believe. so. Yeah, because yeah, he. Can, I mean, when they when he got hired at Florida State, I think relatively short order of then too. Although maybe not. We'd have to maybe look at it. I mean, maybe that's a possibility. But it, it the the thing that lacks right is like the Huggins piece of it, like that's his alma mater, right? Like he played, he played basketball there, you know, like that's, he's, he's been tied to it. He was rumored, like not even rumored. I mean, they tried to get a deal done right when he got left Cincinnati. Um, It just didn't happen. And so 
those storylines aren't really there for Jimbo. I mean, I still think, yeah, you've got this kind of nice thing you could wrap it up in. He's coming back to West Virginia where he's born and raised and went to college and all those great things. But to me, it's not, it's not the same, right. As somebody who maybe had ties to the university legit um, Mm -hmm. played there, went to school there, right. That had not been a head coach there. Maybe he's kind of in the rising. who has been somewhere else. Um, you know, a la rich. <laughs> uh, to me, this would be different if, okay, this crazy time machine, go back and rich is never the head coach of WVU. Right. But he's the head coach. Like he was at the Tulane's right. And the offensive coordinator at Clemson's, he has all the success. And then finally you woo him back to his alma mater. Although he's already got a national championship on his resume. Then I feel like that's, that's more comparable. It just feels like this is a, it's just so obvious that it can't be real. Does that make sense? Like, it's like the story everybody's always oh, going, yeah, we should get him. I don't know that we ever had a legitimate chance to get him before. I feel like maybe now just because of the circumstances, but you still got to wonder, is he going to be satisfied with that? Mm, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, he might want to go to another SEC school just to rub it into Texas A&M. Well, and, you know, I think. Dad, what's up? What up? How's it we're going? Just talking to, we're, we're making the case for and against Jimbo. <laughs> I think the flip side, Dylan, of your point you were making, though, which is interesting about, you know, his just ridiculously jacked roster at A&M, which, to be clear, is a huge byproduct of NIL, right? I mean, it's practically like <laughs> we bought the number one recruiting class via NIL and just – but. There's something to be said for me, too. Like, you could argue, and granted, it doesn't always play out this way when you look at, like, an Alabama and their recruiting classes and, and typically the the development you see from a Saban-led team. But five stars are five stars, right? I mean, let's be real. Maybe this comes up more in, in other sports, but there's kind of a diva aspect, right? And so sometimes, you know, if you've got a roster full of five stars, that might not work well. You know, I mean, these right. – it, it's a – Waltney. You know, Jason yeah. Waltney. I cannot believe I remember Jason Waltney's name, but can't remember <laughs> Bill Stewart's. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> what is going on in my brain? Jason Waltney. Did he have like one touchdown? I feel like I can I see so. it like in Maryland. I think yeah. So. yeah. But, you know, so I guess the flip side of that argument for him, you know, if he was here was he would, maybe these players would be more moldable. You know, maybe they they'd have better arguable work ethics than some of these other more highly recruited folks. But I mean, there's no doubt, right? I mean, he it would be a major downgrade for him from a roster athletic perspective. Yeah. To go from just the stacked rosters at A and M to you know, we got a we got a four star guy over here, you know. Yeah. Um what do you think, Chad? Jimbo well, coming we, coming home? I don't know. I just it's if you if you can coach a football team like Rich Rod did it with without five stars. Yeah. Like Saban Saban's had one of those years where he doesn't have a clear cut star quarterback. They went through what three quarterbacks this year before they've kind of settled on uh what's his name, Milrow. And he he's playing better right now, but I feel like Nick Saban's a coach. Like he's he's working with what he's got. You know, he these these guys started the season off a little shaky. You know, but he had Heisman Trophy winners like just stepping in every every year. 
Yeah. Um, Rich Rod, he had, he didn't have that, but he turned those guys into football players. And if Jimbo's any kind of a coach who, you know, who's to say he couldn't do that? You know, like Ryan said, maybe too many five stars is the problem. Yeah. You get too many big egos in a room that could screw up your uh, your mojo. But I don't know. I mean, that's, that's just with, with any any coach that we bring in, whether they're an up-and-coming, you know, assistant or from, you know, a non-Power 5 school, you still, even if you won at that school – how many times have you seen coaches jump from team to team and their success doesn't follow them? It seems like it's very few that can do that. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, you're asking a lot, you know, to, to, I mean, you can sit here all day long. Go ahead, Ryan. No, see, that's, that's like every up and comer, right? Like you're, it's the golden child of the non-power five, right? Who's like, this guy's, I mean, that's Neil Brown, right? I mean, to some degree. Rich right? Rodriguez. So, and yeah. For the majority of people, I know you can point to one year in Arizona. I think he had 10 wins, but that's Rich Rodriguez. Yeah. You can say well, that about him. Look at Chip Kelly. He, yeah. Yeah. He was crazy at Oregon. Then he goes to the pros. Doesn't he get out. fired, by the way? Is that official well, yet? Uh, I think they said after this weekend, the article I read said that if they lose this weekend, he's fired after the game. <laughs> But, He's fired before you get off the field. In the tunnel. <laughs> yeah, I'm almost, like, I'm almost more interested in Chip Kelly than 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 Jimbo for the reasons I mentioned before. I do feel like Chip Kelly is a scheme first guy. Like he's gonna bring right. a scheme here that is been proven to work. I don't know what's going on at UCLA. Clearly, it's not proven to work everywhere. But for some reason, Chip Kelly almost is a more attractive option to me than Jimbo. There's there's a lot of. I mean, a big part of it, right, is at least in college, and maybe not even college, I mean, think pros too, is it's fit. And so, like, you're right. It's not always the ability to coach or the scheme. It's like sometimes it just doesn't work, you know? And I feel like, honestly, that's kind of like where I'm at with Neil Brown, where it's like, hey, man, you might you might very well end up being a successful Power 5 coach, but it's not going to be here. Like I've seen enough, right. Of this sample size and it's just not working here. Um, yeah. But yet that's a good point. Like think of guys, I'm trying to think of guys just off the cuff, but that have had success kind of at, at all their I stops, got one for you. Like uniform success. Ur- Urban uh, Meyer. Urban Meyer. <laughs> <laughs> not in the NFL. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, that's a different beast, man. I don't know. <laughs> Urban Even good, good NFL coaches, like, I mean, look at Belichick. He's not having a very good go at it right now. I mean, hey, what's, uh, Brady. what's Jim Trestle doing right now? <laughs> he's wearing, he's, he's wearing sweater vests. Yeah, sweater I mean, let's get that guy out of retirement. He's probably coaching somewhere, like being an Have AD you guys at tossed some high around school. We've We've not delved in really to uh, other prospects. I don't think we were just kind of on. We were getting ready, okay. I think, to turn the page to Urban right. Meyer. Is there, like, <laughs> do, you have, do, you have, no. do you have to? Okay, but listen, listen. Okay, <laughs> listen. Urban Meyer is available right now. I think. I think Urban Meyer is. There's a good chance he's the next Texas A&M coach. 
But he said he's he doesn't have any desire. I don't know how much of that he, like is true. He will he lies straight yeah. to your face. It's just like yeah. when he was retiring to spend time with his family right before he unretired. <laughs> Right. Oh, this was my one. I, I told him this was my one veto card. Ohio State. Yeah. No, I, you know, I, over Urban Meyer is not coming here. I think there's a good chance he goes to Texas A&M, though. I, I, I you know, but OK. All right. Well, first of all, Chad, yes or no. Do you if it, do you hire your in Baker? Do you uh, do you hire Jimbo? If he can agree to salary, he's interested in coming here. Do you hire him? <laughs> I don't know, man. Like I said, it's like it. He may come. It, say they do hire him. Say it came to that, and they did hire him. And you know, he may come in and surprise everybody. You know what I mean? Like maybe he is a coach. Maybe he did have too much ego in the locker room. Maybe you know, with the players, it's it's <laughs> you just don't know. You want to? I want to give you an answer, a yes or no answer, but I really can't because at this point, you know, it's like, let's just take somebody that's, that's passionate and that's going to, you know, turn our program around. I don't care who Tony Gibson, Tony Gibson. All right. So if not Neil, if not Jimbo, who Tony Gibson, uh, okay. This is the part, Chad, where you have to disclose your familial relationship with Tony Gibson. <laughs> no, no, it's a non-biased selection. I mean, yeah, it, there's no doubt about it. I mean, if if we were doing a real job search for the next coach at WVU, Tony Gibson would be one of the top candidates. Oh, for without sure, without a doubt. Yep, there's no question about that. That video, I, man, that I got hyped up watching that video. That was cool. We had a big old chew in. Oh yeah. my god, that talking. dude! That's what we need. Biggest yeah. jaw ever. Always dogs. <laughs> Get them dogs. Yeah, I would. Here's who I would hire, Dylan. Anyone but Neil Brown. Like okay. that's literally okay. where I'm at right now. Where I'm okay. like, you could name anybody being his replacement, and I'm going to be excited for at least a little bit about the fact that it's anybody but Brown coming back. Yeah. So on the last episode, Ryan, I said Signetti from JMU. Since then, I feel like what's the difference between him and Neil Brown? You know, there there's a lot of similarities there. I mean, Signetti at, at JMU, I do feel like has uh, the record. Like Neil Brown was still losing within, within the Sun Belt whenever he got hired from Troy. He was still losing a couple games per year in, in in conference, whereas JMU is in a top twenty five. They're undefeated. They have college game day there this week. But I, I I agree with you. I think if you can get a power five, somebody who's had success at the power five level, that's got to be your first option. And the thing yeah. with Tony Gibson is he's no head coaching experience. That's the scariest thing with him. Like he checks yeah. every other box for me, but no head coaching experience. So what's that going to look like? Okay, um, I printed off a list of. There's also 30. real quick, Chad. There's the the other thing, right? Is and you probably talked about this, right, Kirk Signetti? But it's the legitimate tie, right, to WVU. Like yes. that's not, yeah, that's played not here. like right exactly he, he one of the played two. here. Played here, father coach here, right? Like, I mean, it's kind of a very interesting. Um, Nexus and he's got Jamie. You cooking? I, I don't. I well, don't know they're gonna be. they're gonna freaking sue the NCAA today. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, yeah, yeah. 
I mean, if it you've would be got nice. a coach, I hope they win. I hope they me win. Too. I hope they Gosh. disband the NCAA because of the lawsuit. Jeez. Yeah. What do you got, Chad? It looks like you got you got papers and stuff. He's got, like, he's got top thirty right, candidates right, right. over here. Yes, it's the top thirty um, assistant coaches to. Oh, so this is officially assist. Okay. okay, so these no, are all, these are all assistant coaches. Can I ask a qualifying um, okay. question first? Sure. Have any of these assistant coaches been head coaches? Well, I haven't read every single okay. one of. No their, worries. Let's uh, get let's get into it. Let's see who's on here. Well, this one was intriguing, and I mentioned it. I think in our text messages earlier this week, Brian Hartline from Ohio State. This small little paragraph mentions West Virginia as head coaching if the job can, comes open. He's the offensive coordinator for Ohio State. Mm, it's got okay. Gibby on here as well. Um, what number? Are they in any particular order? Um, I'm going to guess probably uh, just going from the names of these. Okay. Uh, he's got Brian Hart. Or it's got Brian Hartline on seven. It's got Gibby at 13 out of 30. Okay. Well, who's number one? The Kirby Smart. Uh, Garrett Every- Riley. <laughs> Garrett offensive Riley. Court, offensive coordinator at Clemson. Okay. Is that Lincoln's brother? I don't know. <laughs> I bet it. I bet there's some relations. There. It is. It is. <laughs> okay. All right. It is. It is. Um. Okay. Here's here's what concerns me about Clemson. If they don't have the best quarterback in, in if they don't have a generational quarterback, they don't. It doesn't seem like they they do real great. Um. Yeah, they've dropped off. They, quite they've, a bit. Been, they've been solid, obviously, but like remember whenever you know they had what Todd Boyd. Whenever we like that, yeah. way, he was a solid quarterback, but not like a generational quarterback. We well, beat him in the Orange to be Bowl on our team. Yeah, but we got Gino <laughs> that we made out on that deal. How about this, real quick? You're talking about Todd Boyd. Do you remember how close we were to Tyler Boyd? Uh, no, was it Terrell Pryor? Oh right yeah. Before? Rich left, yeah. Like allegedly, uh, allegedly he was oh, a lock. Yeah, that's right. He was a yes. lock to come to WVU, and then yeah. when Rich left. That's when he made a commitment to. Did he get in trouble for tattoos? That Maurice Claret did. I don't know if he did. Was that was that the class? I mean, or somebody was at Ohio State. They were getting no tattoos for was free it? or something. Yeah, I yeah. I think it was, was his it, class, uh, wasn't it? Was Denard? I'm trying to remember, was Denard committed prior to that, too? Because I feel like he was in the mix, too, right? From a WVU standpoint, potentially. Not sure about that. Possible. I don't remember. But, I mean, at the time, you got to think our, like, three-year record was, like, tied with, like, USC for... We were, like, top three. I think it was, like, us, USC, and Boise State over a three-year stretch. And so, I mean... We're one of the hottest teams in the country, so it's definitely not far fetched to get, you know, the top overall recruit at that point. But well, you're talking about the glory days. What about Rich? Is I mean, he's at Jackson. He's waiting to make another move. Like Rich is going to return to the Power Five. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. The question is, does he return as a coordinator or as a head coach? I think I as think, a head coach. I think he, he was coach. already a coordinator. Yeah, he was yeah. at Ole Miss. 
Well, that's I mean, I think he'd still honestly he'd still be there. I mean, if he wanted to be a coordinator, he'd still probably be a coordinator. Well, probably. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, it's just like you don't know what's going to happen. Like we were talking when I first got on here with you guys that you could win, you know, you could have Urban Meyer Meyer seasons and then go to another team and it just not transfer. You may not have that same success. And that's, yeah. you know, that's the the variable that we have to look at. You, know, you can say this guy's got all the checks, all the boxes, but he's still, you know, the bottom line is he's got to win. I texted y'all this, and this is not like that I think, you know, this guy should be under consideration. It just, it's like one of those, like, oh, I forgot about that guy. Charlie Strong. Sitting on Saban's staff right now as an analyst, you know, and you're yeah. just kind of like, <laughs> good God, that's it. Like between Louisville, right? And then, like, he was, you know, I can't remember, was he, he, he was kind of Texas's first shot, right? At like, yeah, was, was that right after so, Mac Brown? Yes. Well, was he not a, uh, did he go to UC, USF after yeah, USF after that? And then I think, I, I don't know if he, I think he just resigned at the tail end of USF. Okay. Oh God. And now he's the the now he's reviewing tape for Nick Saban. <laughs> what? <laughs> Dude, Nick, I'll tell you coffee. what, you just go to like it I was <laughs> you go to Alabama's like football website and look at their football staff and then you scroll down through the bottom and it's like the island of misfit toys of like yeah. former head coaches oh, that are now analysts. He, he gets them he gets them back in the game, it seems That's like right. after I mean, it's a smart play from Charlie Strong because, I mean, Saban loses his defensive coordinator pretty much every single year to a yeah. head coaching job. So, Look at Wayne Kiffin. He, yeah. like, he literally shit on Tennessee. Like, how yeah. how would anybody want to hire this guy again? You know, and then yeah. he, he steps down to, you know, well, he gets fired from USC first. He gets humbled. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah, he got humbled. And then... Um, goes to Bama. You know, he goes to Bama. Nick Saban gets him back on the horse. Mm-hmm. He, he started <laughs> He started as an analyst. He brought him yeah. in as like an analyst. And then yeah, next thing right. you know, he's an offensive coordinator. <laughs> you got, you know? I mean, and now he's Nick's the head coach of the Rebels. You know what yeah. I mean? And they're in it every... I mean, they're not like... Top okay. ten, but I mean, they're they're in the top fifteen. It seems like every year they're they're, they're doing yeah. all right. And then Sarkeesian, I mean, he you know yeah. got, he righted his ship, got him to Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't what know, man. I just I really, literally coach. What was his name? Uh, pre, Clay pre uh, was it Clay Helton or something? What yeah, was his name. That's who Hayden Where's fired, he right? Yeah. Is he? There is a too? lot of that. Well, the Fuente, right? Like, his, when I was looking at that, his name came up. Um, Justin Fuente, who was the, he was like, he was Memphis, right? Remember when Memphis was like reeling it up? Yeah. He was the next Power Five guy. Then yeah. he went to Virginia Tech, you know, kind of uh, didn't really have, you know, I think he had some decent success initially, but then it kind of trailed off. Um, but I think, where is he at now? He's probably at Alabama too. Alabama analyst, a graduate he's a, assistant. He's got, he's got, he's got a graduate assistant. Uh, they've they've got him in one of those slots at Alabama. Yeah. Um, Bronco Mendenhall, Dylan. Yeah. 
That guy. So, okay, why did he resign from wherever he went after BYU? He was at Virginia, and yes. he just kind of stepped away. I mean, it wasn't they didn't have a a good year, but they also wasn't like from I think all accounts he wasn't going to be fired. You know what I mean? I mean, it's Virginia. Yeah. I don't think that's a cultural fit here, man. I really don't. I think. Yeah. I think. No, I don't. Can I don't you, let me ask you this: football. Is there anybody? And usually you would say no, right? I think typically because, and it's maybe even more now, right? Because everything is there's so much parity now, and everything would be deemed a lateral move. But is there somebody out there at a Power Five job currently as a head coach that you think West Virginia could woo away from their current mm. position that we would be interested in? I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of folks would be interested in, but un, you know, totally unrealistically, would they? leave their current position for West Virginia, but is there anybody at one of these schools that might? Oh man. Um <laughs> not that comes to mind off the top of my head. I mean you um, obviously have to have ties, right? Maybe, but I mean you gotta think it granted it's a terrible example because it's not like but if you're like coaching Vandy, like yeah you're in the SEC, but like you're Vandy. You know what I mean? Like there's right. there's schools like that, right? And all these conferences that are kind of the doormats. Um, what about? I mean, here's one for you: Oregon State's head coach. They're not going to be in a Power Five anymore. Are they going to go independent? What are they going to do? Yeah, same for Washington uh, State. I mean, I don't know about yeah. the, but right, like there's but Oregon State's there's, rolling. Like, right? I think I'm pretty sure that's his alma mater. Oregon State's coach. I'm pretty sure that's his alma mater. Like, he really wants to stay there, but. I think what I guess what I'm saying there is maybe that scenario doesn't play out, but there are power five coaches out there that, yeah, you could possibly see West Virginia being an upgrade for them. For sure. Yeah. That's, you know, and again, not just curious, right. To think about whether or not that's something we're, we're not thinking about. I mean, this is all comical, right? Because I'm sure at the end of the day that Ren Baker's got his short list, right. Of, of folks that yeah he's been preparing for this literally from day one. <laughs> Okay, so let's think about it from Ren's perspective. I think from Ren's perspective, he's either like all in on Rich or it's not. Rich doesn't even get a phone call. I don't think there's any in between. So I'd say from Ren's perspective, Rich probably is not going to be a candidate. If, If he fired Neil Brown and it was a legitimate job search, I don't think that Rich would be a candidate personally. That's saying that's right. Dude, you would have to have the biggest set of balls to do that, right? Like in his position to hire him. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe even interview him. I mean, the minute that the news breaks, right. That like we're interviewing him. I mean, it would be, I don't know. I mean, that's, I'd like to know where the split is. Cause it certainly the vocal portion of the fan base would be up in arms, but is that the majority or is it like 50, 50? I mean, I think we're all, you know, big fans and I think I wouldn't be upset about an interview or necessarily a hire. But yeah, I think the misinformed people would be up in arms, but there's, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of people like you and I that would be open to, you know, at this point, why not? Let's just see what right. happens. But Dude, <sighs> nobody would care the moment he won 10 games. Oh, nobody cares. Right. The, moment, all about that, anything. the moment that his offense hit the field and we like, and we looked like we were playing with tempo and we had a little bit of swag, which might not be year one, by the way. It might be like year two, year three. But like yeah. the moment that we that that 
his offense was back on Mountaineer Field and people were recognizing it, all would be forgiven. What's well, everybody loves a redemption story, right? I mean, yeah, like, yeah. legitimately, people love the fall from grace and then the pick back up. And cool. you couldn't write a story more poetic in nature if it happened and he had enormous success. But I'm not advocating for that. I'm just Bobby Petrino, man. He uh, left Louisville in a shitty situation and then. He came back. He didn't have any success there, but right. he came back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's somebody else that's had that's done that recently too, right? Um yeah, I don't know. Um Yeah, so I the more as we talk through this, guys, where I've where I'm kind of landing is like I think we are either in for another year Neil Brown or Jimbo Fisher. I Mac, really let me ask you this. I got one for you. Because this is probably like comparable, and it's in the it's in conference. Matt Campbell. I'm not saying like we'd want, but I'm saying, do you think a Matt Campbell, right? If WVU picks up the phone, gives a call, is he mm, interested? Mm, mm. No, here's in, one better. Kansas, Kansas is head coach. Yeah, and I would I would be interested in that one, 100. percent We're an upgrade. Like, please, Neil Brown has not destroyed us to the point. We're, we're not an upgrade. <laughs> I don't know, Kansas. man. They've had more success than us the past five years, I think. <laughs> Please. Okay. Then if that's true, then you just made, you just sealed the case for Neil Brown's gotta go. If we're no longer an upgrade over Kansas, Neil Brown's gotta go. But yeah, no. Matt Campbell, like, it doesn't excite me that much, but I would take Kansas as head coach in a second. In a second. Yeah, I'm just saying there's yeah. a lot of guys, right, that I could see potentially being interested. Again, like you said, wh- where are we right now in the state of affairs? And, and not just about kind of what damage has been done over the past five years, but more about what <clears throat> what footing are we on? What foundation are we on to compete in this new environment, right, with Transfer Portal and IL? Because I think that would be, if I'm a coach, right, and someone's calling me, I mean, that's what I want to know. Like what's, you know, you're, you're asking me what my plan is. I'm asking you, what's your plan? Trust, you know, like, what are you going to do? Right. Yeah. That dude's got a crazy head coaching record. The Kansas coach. Yeah. 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 He's legit. Six NCAA division three championships. I mean, what's Mark Mangino doing these days? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Ryan, to answer your question, <laughs> Justin Fuente is an analyst for Indiana right now. Okay. Oh, God. Indiana. That coaching tree. The old Hoosiers. Yeah. The old uh, I don't know. I think if – I don't know. It's. I think you got to give Tony a shot, like, big time. And I know we're, like, kind of premature on this because we haven't fired him yet, but – He's went how many seasons, and he still doesn't have like one of those big signature wins. I mean, Rich was in what year two when we knocked Virginia Tech off when they were three, yeah. and we were unranked. You know, he got his that that win under his yeah. belt pretty early. I mean, and honestly, just, the more I cannot, it, I don't know how again, you 
I don't know I how think you that's what I, that's where I'm at too. That's literally where I'm at. And I I told Dylan this before you hopped on chat, but I feel like if you do, it doesn't have anything to do with him and his performance. It has to do with the external factors of like what are the other, you know, vacancies that are gonna be filled, right? And where yeah, how much are we gonna have to pay him, you know, at least this year to not just kick it another year? What's yeah, it gonna it do seems... to the recruiting class or you know, but I mean I really feel like it's not gonna be, oh, he he coached his way into another year. Like it, did he? No, I don't think so. But like you said, like it's gonna be external factors, but we've got multiple schools now. I mean, is this a year that there's gonna be numerous coaching changes? So we're gonna like we're gonna lose out to a lot of you know, other schools, you know, if uh, UCLA fires Chip Kelly, that's, you know, that's a big 10 school opening. If uh, you got Texas A&M, um, I mean, that's a couple right off the bat, but. It's going to be the carousel, right? And yeah. That's, yeah. Are I we just, looking I, at what I can't stand is, you know, there's a lot of people, you read the articles, right? You talk about it. And I, I get this part of it, but it's like the argument for why we keep him is all about kind of what naturally happens when you transition to a new coach, right? Like you're going to lose recruits. You're going to do this. You're going to do it. like, yeah, but that's going to happen. Like, I just I think we've seen enough to know he's not the guy. So whether that happens this off season, that happens next off season, it's going to happen. And so like rip the bandaid off. Let's get it going. Cause we, you yeah. know, it's like, yeah. Uh, I just think, I think Jimbo is the only person who can force Ren in that direction. Personally, and, and like that's what I'm saying. Like as we've talked about this, I've gone more in that direction. Like if you would ask me before tonight, like I would say I'm not really feeling Jimbo right now. I'm kind of like, yeah, let's 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 get Jimbo in here because that's like that means Neil Brown's not the coach next season. We've got a guy from from West Virginia with West Virginia ties. Has won a national championship. Had success at Texas A&M, 45 and 25. Has been a proven recruiter, um, an offensive guy. Dude, let's get Jimbo in here. I think let's, I think I think I think Tony's one stop away from being our head coach. Chad, well, I think I mean, Tony he, is he needs like, to go somewhere and be a head coach. He, he's probably fifty, close to fifty. Uh, I don't is know. He, I mean, old, like, he doesn't look that old. No, he does not look that old. No, he's he's got a baby face. Hmm. <laughs> I, don't I think know. He, he needs to go like somewhere Jimbo, and be head coach. You, you're you're probably not wrong there. Okay, but. I think back to Jimbo. I feel like Jimbo. If we've got players that that Neil Neil Brown has recruited that could potentially help us, you know, in the future. And I feel like there are some players on our team right now that show that that ability. If if you bring somebody like Jimbo Fisher and you have a better chance of keeping those guys on your roster, just from his name, I, you know. Yeah. So you're not probably like, Nico. I'd be like, hell yeah. Like, right. Where, where yeah. am I? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, so you're, you don't have to worry as much as like complete rebuild, but who knows though? You know, maybe and this guy's... day and age with the transfer rules too and NIL where complete rebuilds aren't as big of a they're, problem. Yeah, I mean, that's the they're thing, not dude. that big of a problem. Yeah. yeah. Look, it, and granted, we're not, we don't have the money, right? And that's another a big issue, I don't think, to compete. But, and granted, it's not been, uh, huge success, but it hasn't been a failure. Like Dion literally flipped the entire roster of the Buffs. I mean, and they're probably, I mean, I think they're going to have to scrap, right, to try to make bowl eligibility, but he did it. 
Yeah. You know, and that's what I'm saying. And at that point, if he goes six and six, like that's a success. That's Neil Brown. <laughs> that's <laughs> right. Neil Brown's five year tenure. We're talking right. about year one of a flipped roster. You know, like yeah. come on, man. Yeah. I've, I've seen enough. I man. mean, I it's like you get can't you, do it. You can get the uh, Jimbo at a discount right now. You know what I mean? Maybe. I mean, you know, we're not going mean, to pay him six million dollars a year. I know he's no, making more than that at no. AM, but we're not like I don't even know that. I don't even know if we'd pay him five million dollars a year right now. I don't know. Maybe we would. What's the uh, the Country Roads Trust. I've heard stuff that we are like top 10 in Mm, in money money. raised. Yeah. Is that true? I I don't know. Are they holding out? It it doesn't sound true. It doesn't sound true. (laughs) It doesn't. Um, I don't even know where you look that up at. I I don't know. Um, I feel like I saw a post. Ugh. Well, and that's what's so weird about yeah. this. Imagine if if we are. I hope we're not in the top ten as far as payouts. If 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 we are in the top, if our team, the WVU Mountaineer football team, is in the top ten payouts, there's more money on that field, or at least in the top ten. What is going on there? If we if you were a pro team doing that, you'd be called the Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> this is a and I don't know I'm just looking at some statistics and articles this is when they did a kind of a ranking if you will of NIL earnings per player for the Big 12 and this was in 2022 we were number 1 Oh god this cannot be true <laughs> Please tell me that's now, not true Now to be true. fair it's the new Big 12 so they've already pulled out Texas and Oklahoma, and it's kind of the remainder, if you will. Is that factoring um, in like all sports or just football? Let's see. For high school and college. It's the value that an athlete has completed to date. It rather signifies an athlete's value at a specific. Yeah, it's garbage. This is like junk science. <laughs> I'm not going to put any this put list any credibility on, uh, towards that. I mean, USA this is, listen, we don't even have to, like we just know that we can't, right? Like, I mean, it's the donor base. I mean, A and M literally just said like, it's cool. Let's just go ahead and pay him seventy-seven million dollars <laughs> to leave. You know, I mean, good God. Yeah, and and the you know the crazy number on that? Did you see? Because I saw today. Someone actually pulled all the numbers together, right? Because 77 was just Jimbo. That wasn't his staff. Yeah. And right. it doesn't include what they'll have to pay, a, presumably, a new staff. Yeah, it's they were saying close to $150 million. $150 million. Yeah, and they, I think they that's signed cr- a check. Like I guess that's criminal. Yeah, from that's like a borderline criminal. It honestly well, this- is, though, right? I mean, let's talk about how just stupid we are now. Like, just as a society that like that is a transaction that nobody like, you know, the world like, yeah, it seems that's reasonable. Like right. that money could be going elsewhere, right? Anywhere elsewhere. It could be going to students, could be going to charity. It could be going to all kinds of wonderful things. Don't get me wrong. I know the university makes a ton of money off football 
and that's the basis for it. But man, that is just insane territory we're creeping into. The contracts should not exist that are that lopsided. I'm sorry, they just they shouldn't exist like that. Well, that's crazy. why I'm saying they need to put, um, you know, stipulations in that if you do not, you know, ex- exceed X amount of wins, based, right? yeah, then you based. get yeah. docked, bro. Well, you know, what's insane is they just was it 2021? I think it was 2021. They just extended Jimbo. Yeah, because that was when LSU, right? Like Orgeron was was getting let go. All the musings were that Jimbo was going to go to LSU and be the coach, and they put an extension in front of him and locked it in. That was like two years ago. Yeah, it's just insane. Well, this says this says the top ten NIL collectives in college football according to on three. We are tenth. Jeez, it's. Us, Ole Miss, Arkansas, USC, Florida State, Miami, Texas, Oregon, Texas A&M, Tennessee. Hmm. No Alabama on there. So where? I mean, it it must just come from private donors. It's not part of a trust, like a collective. You know, I I don't know about all that backdoor stuff. (laughs) Good God. So okay, say that's the case. We're rich. Let's buy some stuff. You know, like, why can't we pay somebody? Yeah. We just like, like to yeah. sit on so, it yeah. for a rainy day maybe, or what? Maybe, maybe that's a deciding factor for Jimbo. Jimbo, you know, I, I think you're right, Ryan. Like, if you're a coach coming here, you're looking at that. You're saying, how much money am I going to have on, for my roster next year? So but a top 10 collect. That's assessment, right? I mean, it used to be, right. okay, what's your recruiting ground? what's your ties like what can you do with your roster now it's like how much money you have right i mean legit like how much money can we bring in to put players on the roster and and we we earned that under neil brown's tenure imagine if we win some ball game what that's going to go up to good god and the people of west virginia are the salt of the earth you've got some money when you look at what we did in the portal on the basketball side of it right i mean right especially prior to the defections. I mean, that was, those were like what four, three of the top, you know, transfer targets like that we got, Um, you know, in those two year span. I mean, that's, that's NIL money for sure. That's awesome. I I hope, I hope that continues. I just hope that we get a coach in here that can do something with it. Dude, I just hope, and this is a sad state, I would never root against the Mountaineers. I want them to win. I want them to win the next two games. But if we lost both games, I wouldn't be terribly upset because in my, <laughs> you know, my mind, like that is the nail in the coffin, right? Then we're not, we're not even debating anymore. And honestly, I wouldn't even say next two games. Like you drop one of those next yeah, two if, games. If you, if you lose to Cincinnati, if, if we lose to Cincinnati and Rim Baker does not fire Neil Brown, my angst will start turning towards Ren Baker. Uh, it, it will. Well, I mean, and I know I've said it before, but he's he, eight and four looks good on paper, but whatever you don't have, none of those wins include any upsets against, you know, what did I, what did I say the other day? We haven't won a tw- top 25 game. Since- we haven't been ranked. We have not. No, been no, 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 no. We, we haven't beat. We haven't beat the top yeah, twenty-five team. We also team have not been ranked at all. One time, in right? Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. 
But it was what three years ago, two years ago. Can was it Kansas State? I think. And I think we've only beaten one. No, surely no. Yeah, have we only beaten one top twenty-five team in the last Neil Brown's tenure? No, four. He's had okay. four, but there hasn't been one for two two seasons. Guys, <laughs> we got we we, we got to do I mean, something dude. here. It's like we can talk ourselves in circles, but like at the end of the day. I think everybody he, he ain't should it. know it is he gone. It. It's done. He's he's just not it. And I think honestly, I I got a lot of faith in Ren Baker, legit to do the right thing. Because at what the end do you want to do day, if he doesn't do the right thing? What if he hires somebody that you're like, God damn it? Not even <laughs> hires. I mean, if he's hiring, he's already done the right thing in my mind, right? Because the, the thing that he could do that would really just piss me off is maintain this bullshit and bring him back for another year. And I know like we talked about all the reasons why he would and even just from his perspective, but I mean, man, it is just like groundhog day here. What if he you know hired I mean? Dave Wanstad? <laughs> <laughs> you know what this eight and four if we oh. go eight and four <laughs> the stash. What the stash? <laughs> if we go eight and four, this would remind me. I'm trying to think which would be mis- more disappointing. I think maybe back then it was that, but just, it would remind me of like when Bill Stewart went eight and four, right? Because it was like the most unsatisfying ever. I mean, you came back, yeah. you know, with a. And granted, we don't have that loaded team, but. We have a really terrible, shitty schedule right now. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, what are we going to come out with? One, if you count Duquesne, two wins over a a team with a it depends. record. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's possible. I believe it's possible for us to finish, if you exclude New, uh, Duquesne, with no wins against a winning record, a team above 500. Which is unbelievable. Like, I don't even know how you can do that. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Just statistically, that you can you can play teams oh. that nothing but teams that had losing records that many times to get yourself eight wins. Well, I <laughs> and mean, we lost to Houston. Like we like the only okay the only game on our schedule against a bad team that we still like had to beat. We lost. Yep. Like, like the only game that mattered this but, season. That that wasn't like a good quality team. We lost. Yep. But and he's not it. Did. He's not it. How? There's something wrong with this with this program under his leadership. Yeah, it, I mean, that's just all I can say. Listen, he probably, maybe. Yeah, he he started the season knowing that he had you know to fight for his job. He had the coach for his job, and it could not. I mean, other other than that loss to Houston. It, <laughs> It was setting up for him to like be like, all right, it's Bruce's Perfect. time to shine. Perfect. You know? That's right. Uh, and then he goes to Oklahoma and lays an egg. Yeah. That was his that was his time to shine. And <laughs> he did not shine. He did not. <laughs> he did not shine. He hasn't right. shined. I'm gonna at read all. Dylan already heard one of these, Chad, but I was also complaining. This is just me. I'm really just obviously see where I'm at. I'm not, I'm not mentally well about the current state of affairs <laughs> and the prospect of him coaching another year is like going to push me over the edge, I think honestly, but his constant complaining post game interviews at the losses 
about like officiating, just like random things. And he did it last week after we got the shit beat out of us, like 59 to 20. And then he's like, you know, I'm pretty sure we got in there on first down at the goal line. And, you know, like, where's the camera angle? Want to see the camera angle? And it's like, I don't think that made her make or break us there. You know, like I nah. hear you. Also, not a big fan of the four consecutive play calls there. Um, <laughs> let's not talk about that in the execution. Let's bitch about the angle of a camera not having it. Right. <sighs> yeah, he's not it. He's not it. Oh, here. This is. I would just. I'm gonna give you one sentence from each one. This is post game interview. Okie State loss. Okay. This comes up in it. He says, uh, he's talking about OG running for, you know, 150 yards in the fourth quarter. Then he says, you know, I thought our offense really competed, got us back into it. On that last drive, I thought we clearly got interfered with. He's talking about on Cole Taylor. He says on the first day upon there, I'll have to get explanation on that one. But I thought we'd score there and kick it again and see what we had. What? <laughs> <laughs> How about we stop guy from running football 150 yards, you know, yeah. like in the fourth quarter? Just unbelievable. Then this is one where he says, uh, this is U of H, I think. And he says, uh, we had eight penalties. I don't know how the game was officiated. I'm not criticizing them because we didn't play, play very well. And then that's when, you know, but it's like you say you're not criticizing them, but you're bringing it up you know it's like there's always some bullshit excuse that he just well, kind of weaves in there yeah it's almost like don't don't look over here look over here for a second i want to you know draw the attention away from what really happened and then make you guys think something else and everybody's like probably sitting in that room going uh i don't <laughs> think so coach I don't think that's what happened out there. Well, then, he, he, you, this is the most telling part for me, Dylan, because I think this is like you're entirely right about his mentality from a coaching perspective, from like an insecurity perspective. Now he's like projecting that outwardly, I think, because this is in his post-game press conference after getting the crap beat out by Oklahoma. He He proceeds to talk about the entirety of the season. Like, it's clear this dude is like actively – Arguing for his job, right? Like continued employment. This is in his press conference. He says, I can promise you this. That won't be how we finish. We've had nine games. We played football at a pretty high level, even the games we lost. Penn State, competitive one-score game going into the fourth quarter. Lose on a Hail Mary, and then up in the fourth quarter against Oklahoma State. And all that, we played pretty sound football. Looks like a well-coached unit and played and competed. And I don't want to get into it until I watch the tape. The lead story out of the Penn State game was that they ran the score up and that that goes around. That was in his press conference. That yeah. he's, he, had to, he, had to, he had to say in his press conference after the Penn State game that that goes around when people run yeah. the score up. Yeah, well, it's so going to go around You can say competitive year. all you want, but we were, we were, the press conference was about them running the score up on us. Yes, that's what I'm like. And why are we even what, – what like, you could talk about – here's the thing. You should come out of that press conference and be like, we just got – the shit beat out of us. Like we were terrible. Like that's on me. That's on them. He says, and this is the thing that really drives me crazy about him. He says, I'm pissed off. And quite frankly, I'm nearly embarrassed. Nearly. <laughs> You're nearly embarrassed. Like what would make you embarrassed then? Because I'm not <laughs> sure 
I want to know where that lies if you're nearly embarrassed after that. I can't can't do it, boys. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> Got to give <laughs> him too. the hook. Got to give him the hook. Ren Baker, I dude, I will get that guy the nicest Christmas gift. Dude, I will I will sign up for the Country Roads Trust if yes. we if let's we, do, we need, well, let's go the Bernie Sanders route, like you said last week. Let's call everyone we know and five dollars a month. I talked to everybody. We're going to all chip in five bucks. The contingent on you got to fire Neil Brown, man. Yep. We could pay his buyout if everybody in West Virginia throws in five, five bucks, dollars. We could probably pay. It'll be assistance. it'll be it, it'd be pretty pretty close to his buyout. <laughs> I don't think it would. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's under two million people in West Virginia, isn't there? It's not uh, even close. Yeah, I think we got. I think we got three, don't we? Uh, but you got no kids are going to have five bucks in the West. Yeah. The, the latest consensus or census, which was what? No, you're right, Dylan. It's it's one point seven eight. Yeah. <laughs> so no, it would not pay his buyout. <laughs> it wouldn't even. It wouldn't even get close right. to paying his buyout. So ten bucks, halfway. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to bump it twenty. So guys. We're, we're, 20. we're calling Ken Kendrick. Yeah, <laughs> and he's like, "What more can I do?" I'm like, Actually, "Somebody else has got to step up." At here. what point do we call Jimbo and be like, "Hey, listen, we know you're not gonna coach here, but you are from West Virginia. You carry. Would you think about donating to the country roads? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> money you got, like a one month payment. One, yeah, one month payment. You're like, listen, man, I know you need some special tax treatment. We got a great plan for you. You're just going to funnel some money in here. <laughs> oh. All right, boys. I got to run. Yeah, uh, you guys okay? Okay. Uh, it was fun. Uh, well, I mean, let's let's throw out... Okay, score predictions for Cincinnati. Real quick. It better be a beatdown. I mean, just an absolute beatdown. Yeah. But I don't think it's going to be. I mean, I really don't think it's going to be. I'm going to say we I, win, I, I said, but... Like I said, if we get here, Chad, you say 28-24 us? Or 38-24 38-24. Okay. I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I'm going to say 28-23 us. Uh, but again, here's the, here's the asterisk I'll throw in there. If Cincinnati doesn't turn the ball over two times, we They'll lose win. that game. Yeah, they can win the game. If they do, if they have less than two turnovers, we lose that game. That's what I'm predicting. Yeah, yeah, I'm not super excited about it. I'll go thirty, uh, 35-28. I think that's what I said last week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna stick with it. All right. All right, right, fellas. Take it easy. We'll see what happens. Yep. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out. We'll see you on the next one. Adios.